0: Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. Now, if you go back seven years to the summer of 2015, June to be specific, the Supreme Court of the United States um, passed the law, made same-sex marriage legal. I preached a message then called It's Evening in Sodom, and um, was, it was my response to the Supreme Court's decision. Um, I also had predicted that the passing of that law would lead to a level of depravity and perversity that this nation had never seen before. I mentioned in that message and many other times that um, we would see the trend toward uh, perversion that would even include uh, the word thruple. Thruple is m- uh, multiple people, like three people and a couple, thruple, uh, that we would see that happen. and along with the rest of the perversity that we've seen happen over the last seven years, we've, we've seen that. And you go, well, Steve, what are you talking about? Well, just to give you one example, there's a case in New York, West 49th Street versus O'Neill. Judge Karen May uh, Bakdayan uh, just recently declared that people in polyamorous or multiple person relationships need to be given the same legal rights as people who are in a traditional marriage. And so here's just one more example of what the totally diabolical, ungodly uh, decision of the Supreme Court uh, in 2015 leads to and stuff like that. What's happened over the last seven years, right? Drag queen story hour in libraries and public parks with children. Like drag queen story hour has become so normal now that it doesn't even shock us anymore. And I think we have to go back and look at what God said to the nation of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, where he said, you all are so bound in your own sin that you don't even have the ability to blush anymore. You're not even embarrassed about the depravity and the godlessness that you participate in and make light of. You don't even have the ability to be ashamed. Really, really scary stuff. And so then what did we see just over the last couple days? We saw this major fashion designer out of Spain um, having a, a, an advertisement with a child and a teddy bear. Like what's more innocent than that, than a, a child and a teddy bear? Except what we're gonna do now, because our minds are so depraved, is dress the teddy bear in sadomasochistic leather straps. And then there was such outrage about it that then the the designer said, "Oh, for those who were offended by this, you know we kind of offer some lame apology as if you shouldn't be offended by it, but if you were offended by it, then we apologize. you see that just being someone who has a mind that says you know what it's not good like to so totally sexualize our children that we pose them with teddy bears dressed up as sadomasochists like to think that way that's a strange thing and well if you're offended by that well we do apologize in some patronizing devilish way i mean it's unbelievable friends what's happening right now it gets worse Even in the church, right? We see the Presbyterian Church USA, PCUSA. What's one of their most recent projects? What they call queering the Bible. Queering the Bible? You mean making the Bible affirm and celebrate queer, homosexual, transgender behavior all in the name of love and inclusivity? Like how warped have parts of the church become where entire denominations are going to queer the Bible. Where God calls queer behavior an abomination, now we have church denominations trying to clean up and clear up queer behavior, and so we're going to queer our Bibles. Do these people not fear God? Like, how do do you get to the point where you do that? I'll tell you how it happens. You cave in to satanic pressure and seduction so often that you don't even see your mind going from a carnal mind to a corrupt mind to a depraved mind. You don't even notice it. You don't even realize that you have skidded so far down the slippery slope that you have hit the bottom. And now you are trying to justify ungodly behavior by rewriting the scriptures in order to what? Some fake display of love that doesn't call people to repent of abominable behavior, but celebrates and affirms them in their sin. Friends, it's never loving. Listen to me. It is never loving to hold back truth from someone because you want them to feel loved and accepted. You are doing people damage Don't you understand that God said, when you don't call the sinner to repent, that when they die and burn in hell forever, yes, that's real, that their blood, God said, I will require of your hands. How much blood is on the hands of pastors, preachers, denominations who have stopped preaching the truth and have started affirming and celebrating behavior that God himself says is an abomination, how much blood is on your hand, pastor, because you've been silent when you should have spoken up? Well, it goes on and on. What just happened at the, you know, the, the uh, famed and celebrated, the austere Cambridge University in the United Kingdom, Trinity Seminary there on the campus? What happened there? This guy by the name of Joshua Heath, a, a researcher there at the university, just gave a message that included the the, um, displaying of three different, listen to me, three different medieval paintings. These medieval paintings were of the sacrifice of Jesus and specifically when he was pierced in his side by the Roman soldier and the scripture says that blood and water flowed to prove that Christ had died. Here's how depraved, someone's mind is. Joshua Heath, in a church service, talked about interpreting the passage as Jesus having a transgender body because the stab wound of the Roman soldier looked like a vagina. What? And then the blood that flowed from it down toward his groin represented Jesus' manhood. Are you kidding me? In a church service, a man is presenting to the people in the service that Jesus had a transgender body by taking the sacrifice of Christ and saying that the wound looked like a vagina. What, Dude, what are you talking about? Have you no fear of God? And then, When people in the congregation, thanked God for them, some of them started shouting heresy, other people got up in tears and left, and one of the parishioners wrote the dean of the seminary saying how diabolical this was. The dean of the seminary, I wish I could recall his name right now, stood up and said, we believe this was a legitimate interpretation of the paintings. I don't care what your interpretation of a painting is. Number one, it's a painting and it's not the scripture, but because it's in a church service, you try to make it sound like the scripture would support it. Are you kidding me? It's no basis in the word of God. In fact, the word of God condemns that lifestyle and behavior. And then to be so wicked and depraved that you liken the sacrifice of Christ to this, You've got to be kidding me. We are having a lighting problem. I'm just going to continue to go on. So how does this happen? I'll tell you how it happens. Titus chapter one, verses 15 and 16. It says this, listen to what the word of God says for once. To the pure, all things are pure. But listen, to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. You see, that's how you can look at a picture of the sacrifice of Jesus, the the most sober and serious thing in the history of the world. That's how you can look at a picture like that and see something that I I don't even, I'm not even going to repeat it anymore, and see something that is demonic. It is because the person interpreting the picture is defiled himself. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Whether it's children, whether it's Jesus, nothing is pure, nothing is innocent. Anything has the ability to become perverted and heinous. He said, but even their mind and their conscience are defiled. That's how this happens. They profess to know God, so it happens in churches, it happens by pastors, It happens by deans who celebrate and approve it. They profess to know God, but in their works they deny Him. They're abominable, that's what the Scripture says, disobedient, and they are disqualified for every good work. Oh my gosh, the Scripture sounds so mean. The Scripture doesn't sound mean, the Scripture just tells the truth. And so, people who do things like this—and we're going to see it more and more as society falls further and further away from God—we're going to see it more and more. You see, we legalize same-sex marriage; it opens the door to all manner of sexual depravity and wickedness. Things that this world, that this nation, never saw before, now are becoming commonplace, and it's becoming commonplace all the way around the world. I want to remind you, Luke 17, 28 and 29, what did Jesus say? He said, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Listen, friends, this Sodom and Gomorrah behavior that has taken hold of the United States of America has is and will bring the judgment of God on the United States if we don't repent. If the church doesn't stand up and speak up, if the church doesn't start loving people enough to tell them the truth, we're gonna see this society decay all the much more and we're gonna see the judgment of God coming on us that much stronger. Jesus said it's gonna be like the days of Lot before he returns and we're seeing the days of Lot in our time right now. The, the spirit that was behind Sodom and Gomorrah is alive and well right now in the United States of America, even in a backslidden church. I wanna read this to you, Second Peter chapter 2, verses four through 10, says this, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and he did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And he delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, now listen to me, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. It could not be any clearer. It couldn't. God brings judgment to this type of behavior, and whether it's in the church or outside of the church, it is forbidden behavior. It brings the judgment of God without apology and without excuse. So, What do we do as the church? We've gotta take a stand. We've gotta speak up. I'm not here to hate people. I'm here to love people and to plead with people with tears in my eyes and say, if you don't repent, do you understand? Do you understand what the judgment of God is gonna be like, not just on your life now, but throughout history, throughout eternity? When Jesus says hell is a place that is real, that its flame never dies, it's never quenched, that people are there forever and ever and ever. Like, doesn't that wake you up, sinner? Doesn't that make you want to say, I need to repent? I don't want to risk burning in hell forever. Repent while you can. Flee to Jesus. Allow him, listen to me, Not just to forgive you, but to give you the power to live a transformed life. Listen, there was no ancient city as diabolical and corrupt as Corinth was. I mean, maybe Rome, but Corinth was a place of, I mean, real depravity. And what did Paul say to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? He said this, he said, don't be deceived. People who practice all of these types of sins that I've been mentioning today in this this episode, people who practice these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says these hopeful words, but such were some of you. But you were washed and made clean by the the sacrifice of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. You were purified from your sins. You were made new and given a new life. You were a sinner bound by foulness headed for hell, but now you've been forgiven and heading toward heaven. I'm telling you, the power of Jesus is strong enough, strong enough to deliver you. Listen, while you can, before your heart gets too hard, you need to repent of your depravity, flee to Jesus and allow his love and power to transform your life. That's what the message of the church needs to be. Quit affirming and celebrating that which God hates and detests, and give people the truth and the chance to understand that the love and power of Jesus can save you and change you forever and ever. I want to end with this testimony. I was in Washington, D.C. just a couple weeks ago, and I was introduced to a man who had been a transgender person for years for years, when I met him, he's now been married for 17 years, and he has several children, and he gives glory to Jesus for changing him. Listen, you can be transformed. Forget being transgender, get transformed by the renewing of your mind through the sacrifice, love, and power of Jesus. Cry out to him, repent of your sins, turn from your sins, and say yes to Jesus. He will accept you right where you're at. Don't believe the lie from the devil that you've sinned too much or gone too far. Jesus will receive you right where you're at if you'll cry out to him. With godly sorrow, Lord, I'm sorry for breaking your law. I'm sorry for breaking your heart. Please forgive me, please give me forgiveness and strength, power and salvation. Help me, oh God. He'll do it. He'll save you. Do it right now. Call out to Jesus. All right, church, you take a stand for that which is right. Understand the days in which we're living and understand what you need to do. Be strong and courageous. Speak the truth in love and don't fall for seducing spirits that cause you to celebrate and affirm that which God detests. All right. God bless you. Thank you for listening to This is that where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. Make sure you share this with people. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, to our our YouTube channel. Sign up, get notifications, alerts, all of that. Make sure you don't miss any of this. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next time.